Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Let's open our Bibles, the book of Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 20. The Amplified Bible says, My son, keep your father's God-given commandment and forsake not the love God your mother taught you. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. The Bible says, when you go, they, listen, the words of your parents' God, the Bible calls them your parents' God, shall lead you. When you go, those words shall lead you. When you sleep, those words shall keep you. When you awaken, those words shall talk to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. They will lead you. They will keep you. They will talk to you. He says, for the commandment is a lamp and the whole teaching of the law is light and reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Later on, if you read, he says, to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the loose woman. But he is warning us of a very fundamental reality in the present truth message, in the gospel that is relevant now even in 2019. Praise God. I have seen Jesus Christ since I was a child. I'm a man of God. You can't doubt what's upon me. Praise God. I have walked with him since I was a child. I have been exposed to all manner of churches. I have been in the local churches, the English speaking, the corporate churches, the dot-com churches, the indifferent churches, the funny prophets, the good prophets, the good men of God, the funny one, the godly teachers, the ungodly teachers, the false apostles, the good apostles. I've seen it all. I've been in churches of war. One time I went to a church where a woman of God just walked to a girl and slapped her. Pwah! And she told her, holy anger has gotten on me. <laughs> I've seen it. Praise God. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've, se I've seen it all. Praise God. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. And even though I might be not be as old, right? I started the gospel very early. I've been an active minister of my Lord and Savior now for at least 15 years of the gospel. 15. Somebody shout hallelujah. 15 years is a very, very long time. Praise God. Serving God for more than those years and in active service. 15 years, we are not many. Majority of you are two, three, four, five years. So, but I've been in the gospel for long. Praise God. And so I've seen it all. I've seen actions. I've seen everything. I've seen. And so, so there's some things I know about the word and the gospel that many of you don't know. And there are many things that happen in the life of Christian, the Christian faith. And I realize and recall many of you never think through and imagine. One of which is people. The more numbers that a man of God increases on, the more influence you have on the world. Okay the more people join the ministry, the more you start to see things and learn things that are probably a person with a smaller ministry might not see and understand. 
Not, no offense to say that because a man has a less ministry, then he's less before God. No, I can have all this and not be obedient before God. But I have seen that more people, the more the numbers, the more everything. Right? If you are in a 20-member church and there is one thief, when you get into a 10,000-member church, that one becomes a 100. You understand what I'm saying? So almost every consequence multiplies on the minister. Every consequence of numbers multiplies because everyone comes with their own thing. Are you following what I'm saying? Everyone comes with their own story. Everyone comes with their own understanding of things. Everyone comes with their own opinion about church. I remember our earlier years of service. Eh? There are people, and amazingly, majority of them are not with us now. Someone comes and they say, I think the lights are in the wrong place. I think that, that chair is not supposed to be there. The screen, they are dirty. You understand? You have people who are not able to do something about something, but they already see everything that is wrong about the church. Right? If one girl gets pregnant, the whole ministry is sexually perverse. You understand? If one person abuses someone, Fanero is proud. You understand? As in, every one thing that one individual or two or three people do, it's literally labeled on what? In our earlier years of the gospel, we used to have young men who used to get excited and go out in the name of the ministry and they would do things. <laughs> and when they do them, they say, ah, yeah, 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 Fanero people. Mm -mm. You understand? So, because we are that kind of brand, everything that happens is placed on us. And that one, we have to pay the price. Praise God. But this is something many people in this room have never thought about for a moment. That you all come from families, right? There is some straight families. There is blended families. There is dysfunctional families. There is people who come from a family where you're the single child. There are people who are raised in families where the moment you were four or five years old, they took you to a boarding school. You went through your primary school in a boarding school. The biggest things that you've learned in life were because of that metron. Hmm? Then the rich also cry raised you. Hmm? Then what? They learned love through the rich also cry. They, they learned family life through Mexican and Spanish soap operas. They, they learned to relate people through Brazilian movies and American stories and Hollywood fiction things. They learned to connect to people according to who they were with. You grew up in a, a secondary school that was doing this and that. And of course, certain schools were notable for certain things. You understand what I'm saying? So school shaped a lot of us. You understand? Then some people were not chance to be raised by both parents. It was not your fault. Right? Your, probably your mother wasn't there because of unavoidable circumstances. Sorry. Probably your father wasn't there because of unavoidable circumstances. Sorry. Well, probably both of them were there, but they did not have your time. Or probably somewhere in your life, but they were not taught life. You understand? Nobody should blame you and hold you accountable because of that. You understand? It happened, God forbid, okay? 
But have you ever asked yourself the question, how are you going to change your story? I always tell people, when you grow up, one of the biggest, biggest signs that a person has matured, they learn to take responsibility of their actions and their own families. I'm not saying that you're going to be a perfect person, but you fall and get up. You plan and think and say, how is my father and mother's house going to be after I'm gone? We are not just people who are waking up to get jobs and have wonderful children, you know, live a good life and die. No, you are each one ordained for the preservation of your posterity and to live a better story than your parents did in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you are here and you are not working harder than your parent, you are not committing yourself to do better than your father then you have already failed in life. If you're not living a better life than your mother did, then you have failed story already. Or at least if it's not there, let your heart be there. Let your, your direction be there. Let your intention be deliberately there that I must live a better life than my mother did. I must live a better life than my father did. You understand? For some of us, uh, we come from far. Some of you, you're, you're born here. I mean, your parents are in Mengo. Your grandparents were born here in Kasubi. Smanya, your village is in Muyenga. But do I have someone here, and you come from far? But even your burial grounds, to, for people to get there. Eh? Do I have witnesses here? You are a kaonao. Shire brokotakata. Somebody shout hallelujah. And we all tell each other this one thing. We must live better lives. You understand? May God prosper you in the mighty name of Jesus. May God make you do more than your parents did in the name of Jesus. And that's what our parents want to happen. They pray that we do better, don't they? Somebody shout hallelujah. So, but not many of you in this room can say that my father instructed me in the way of the Lord. That my mom opened scripture before me. How many people were here and your father ever opened the Bible for you? Put up your hand. There are few. Or your mother. You see, there are few. You understand? There are not many. And some of them, what they opened us maybe was not the full picture. Some of them. But they gave us what they could. There are people here, your father has never talked to you about God. Your mother never talked to you anything. You were raised by every single else except a parent. Some of you did not have guardians. Or some of you had guardians who were only paying school fees and that was it. Now, one thing people don't understand is this. That you can lose anything in this world but not counsel. He says, these words lead you when you walk. When you sleep, they keep you. When you wake up, they talk with you. But not many of us had opportunities to remember the words our parents told us. Some of us, even sadly, our parents were not good examples. They were just not good examples. So everyone came in the presence of God with their own story. There's a girl who has never seen her mother home. Her mother was in the bars. 
There's a man who has never seen his father home. His father was always with women out there drinking and coming back home drunk in a drunk stupor. Or even abandoned the mother when they were little. There's somebody whose parent has never talked to them. There are even those who had very good parents who talked to them, but they never what? Listened. What people don't recognize and realize is that all of these 10,000, 12,000 people, all of them come under one man. Lubega Grace. You understand? You see it all. Some of you, what we are teaching, you are trying to fix what your father could not fix for 27 years. Some of you, what we are trying to put in you, your mother could not put into you in your 35 years of existence. You've been hard-hearted since you were little. Suppose so, Greece. You, you get where I'm coming from. The only difference is that here, for us, we are of the godly sort. You will remember words I spoke to you through the word. The things I've said to you in God. For some of you, we are not just instructors. We are fathers. For some of you, by the way, we are the only fathers you know. Do I have a witness? You see those hands up there? And some of you, I feel it. I feel it. I know it. There are people in this ministry that they look at me as their father. They don't have any father in this world, even the way they love me. I know it. Some of them even can come at the office and do things, but I know, no, these are just people who are they just come at office and play, but I know they are home. They are happy. I don't interrupt their joy. Do you understand it? That's why some of you, you realize in Fanero, there are people who do things in praise and worship, but then you see me not rebuke them. Some of them are home. It's the only home they have. Mubareke. Oh, that woman shouts, Amina, leave her. She's home. When she comes in your home, make her what? Quiet. She's home. You understand? Some people jumping here, screaming, dancing, leave them. They're in the father's what? House. But okay. For if you feel that it is too loud for you, carry. Be prodigal. And ask for your inheritance. Are you following what I'm saying? So, there is joy, there is peace, but also there is madness. And sometimes there are even things, even me, I see, and I'm like, eh, hey, this brother. You understand? But this, somebody has been like that for 30 years. For 40 years, they are like that. Don't expect it, that you're going to just wake up tomorrow and flip them. No. But all of those heads are seated under one fellow. One shepherd. You, you see what I'm saying? So I have had the gracious opportunity, and I thank God for that, to see and understand everyone the way they are. There's a person who needs attention. Now for them, if you don't call them, it's a ministry that doesn't care. How couldn't he call? I've asked for an appointment for two years. The man can't see me. Let me go and look for another ministry. Then there's one who will never ask for an appointment. Now that they are serving, they are happy. They are convinced of your love for them. So everyone receives differently. 
You understand? There's one whose parents never hugged. Now for them hugging, you saying, that's it. You're fulfilled. A young man came in my office. Tears came to my eyes. The guy is in campus, he's 23 or 22. And then he came in my office. I, asked, I was very, of course, disturbed. I said, you didn't book an appointment. And sometimes people are funny. You're sitting there and the guy just comes out of the blue and he asks for an appointment. just comes. Are you an appointment? No, but I have to see you. How about Uganda? What of the other people I've committed to? What of the other things that I'm committed to? And sometimes I delay very important meetings. But this guy comes to the office. He says, I'm so sorry. I'm not on appointment, but it was my birthday I had to come to you. I told him, come in. The guy sat there and he said, Apostle Grace, I came because it's my birthday and I came for a hug. And I said, hug? Yes. And he said, because my father has never hugged me. So he said, my father has never hugged me. Never in my life. So because my father never hugged me, I don't hug men. But today I felt that I need to be hugged. Are you happy? <sighs> Have a good day, sir. He went out. <laughs> you understand? I cannot tell you how many people have come in my office and told me you're the only father I have ever known. Those words humble me because they remind me of the great responsibility that I have toward men. There are people here who have been in the gospel for four years. They've never met me, but they're okay. They're happy. They're growing. There's nothing wrong with them. You understand? Some kids seek attention. Some don't. It's how they are. They are children before you. Yes, they might be adults by age, but you have had a certain age on their life spiritually. You've had a certain thing on them spiritually. It has a certain effect on their lives. I know how all of them are. At the office, I've seen them with their mistakes. I be with them. They mess up. They cry. You come back, love them. You understand? They do things. You understand and say, no, let me give her time and opportunity for them to grow. Because they're children. Somebody shout hallelujah. They're children. They're children. They're sons and daughters. You get it? Now, I assumed this responsibility very early. I did not ask for it. I was not looking for it. But it came. And I found myself fathering people that were older than me, bigger than me. And some it humbles me. There are people who kneel before me and I'm like, <laughs> you know, but they respect and understand, no, this is God in the man. I mean, for my age, really, there are some of you, even with the luge you have, I would not be pastoring you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's by the grace of God. So people, that's things people have never seen and, and really thought that the person was raised in a family that is dysfunctional. There are some who are raised by single mothers. There are some who are raised by single fathers. There are some who have never had a pure voice of a man. That the first time a man came to her and told her, I love you, she believed and gave herself. Because she never had it. There are some who have never had the purity of a woman speaking in love. That every person who comes 
and speaks a certain way, they'll easily fall for. I mean, everyone has their own story of why certain things are. And these things consequently affect our lives, our families, our children, the way of life. You'll grow up and look back at the mistakes you made because there was a missing substance. Sometimes it was simply affirmation for somebody to tell you that you look wonderful, you're beautiful, I believe in you, you're wise. A woman came to me from another ministry. She was at Comfort Counseling. She said that I was with her husband for years, but he never told me that you're smart. He never told me that you're a beautiful woman. He never told me that I'm blessed to have you. And then she said, one random fellow came out. He said, oh my God, you woman. You understand it? He brought problems in the man's marriage. Why? Because this fellow saw in her what her husband for 10 years could not see. He didn't believe in her. And what happened? Infidelity happened. Was she right to have it? No. But she gives the reason. And I asked her, so tell me about your father. And you know, I was raised by a single mother. I never had a man tell me certain things. You see? So sometimes before you judge somebody, eh? Could you go a bit and study and understand where these people are coming from? Because some people are dealing with many things. The father left home and she got a very wrong understanding of men. Every man she sees is like her father. The mother messed up the family when they were little. So his head has an understanding of how women are. You don't tell him about women. He sees women a certain way. But who put that? It was a seed when they were a child. Some of you, when you were young, you were beaten, but there was no love. You see, for us, we were caned, but we never doubted our father's love. Never doubted it. You understand? But there are people who were disciplined, but they were not loved. You understand? So, telling him, don't do this, eh? it's as if you're opening a certain nut in his head, eh? reminding him of the man who used to command him when he was younger. He flips. He doesn't want to know. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you know how many men out there, their hearts, the big guys like this, but their hearts are bleeding. They cannot listen to anybody. And some of them feel like that's what makes them men know, but inside they're babies. How do you know? Because they cannot humble themselves to basic instruction. They call it being men and I'm a mature. I can do what I want. Why? Because the way they were raised, they were not given opportunity to be Children, they were not given an opportunity to understand that you can be humble and assertive, that you can have a confidence, but in humility, you can understand certain things a certain way. No. And so for them, even instructing them is, who are you to talk to me a certain way? You understand? Even when you mean right, even when you don't intend anything. And so some even enter, you know, relationships, many things, and then these things stay. You get it? it they stay. They stay. So, all of those 10,000, 12,000, they all come to the same church. What some of you see are parts of, because I'm an usher, I know some usher who did this. Because I'm in welfare, I know somebody who did this. Because I'm in security, somebody did this. Or some of you come to church, you had a friend you used to ride with in the car, now you don't even want to look at yourselves. 
You understand what I'm saying? You used to drive in the same car back home. Now when you see them, you look the other side like this and you're even almost knocking someone because you clashed. Eh? So you, also you, you're going to realize that human beings are very difficult individuals. Now, think of Lubega Grace who pastors all of you. And imagine the things we go through. You understand? Some of you have abused us. Some of you have insulted us. Some of you don't even care about us. Some of you, you are entitled. For you, you think they're supposed to be doing everything for you, but you, you don't, you take, you never give. You understand? You can tell. As a parent, you can look at your children. So those of you who have biological parents, you understand what I'm talking about. You have a child who cares for you. You have a child who doesn't. But they're all your children and you love them. Then somebody was walking to me and said, Muse, I was somewhere in a shop and I saw a shirt and I gave it to you. I, I bought it for you. Do I need shirts? Lubega Grace, I have many shirts. But that's how a, parent, a child is. And then there's one, you understand, who is ever taking? <laughs> I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> and then they also don't give, but they also don't beg. You just have to be led to realize she needs this, he needs this. Kukamba, it's interesting. It's a very interesting thing. There are kids who call you and say, Papa, how are you? I just wanted to know how you are. Then there's one complaining, nobody even calls you to check on you. You, did you call me? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and even us men of God, we're like that. I'm submitted to the man of God, Andrew Mack. He's not an emotional guy. He, he's, not li- he's, not, he's not lying to you when he tells you, you know, I'm happy, I may not be smiling, but that's how he is. <laughs> when I'm communicating to him, he's like that. He loves hard. Man, I'm proud of you. That's it. You think I don't want him to call me to ask me how Mbarara Crusade was? No. He doesn't. But I don't complain to him. He can't even do a crusade. You don't call me. No. That's the man I'm submitted to. He has a way he instructs me. It is different. Yes, I communicate to him. I have his private, you see? But the way we communicate, it's different. You understand? I told him I'm getting married. He just sent a video. But I didn't even know that the video was sent. But that's him. But I was surprised he was there. He cares, but he cares a certain way. You understand? He's not the kind I would walk to. If the hug is there, he gives it. If it's not there... You understand? But I don't go to complain and say, clearly he didn't hug me. You understand? Because I received enough from my biological father. You understand? But I, I was lucky to have a man like my father. He's a very good man. Very, very good man. Very, very good man. Because he loves his children. And, and, and I, there's no way I cannot love my children because my father loves his children. He taught me how. He taught me how. He loved us. He is a man of love. You come in his home, it's love. You come to Fanero, you feel the love. Don't you feel it? Don't you feel it in the air? Yes. You, you follow what I'm trying to tell you. So, but not many were chanced to have that opportunity and grace on their lives. Not many of you were gifted. I know a guy who walked to me one time. I was in the office and he said, you know what, Apostle Grace? My father's never called me. Said what? He has never called me. 
He knows I exist. I have never done anything wrong to him, but he has never called me. Said what? Such a wonderful boy. I mean, I see what the guy does in the ministry. And I'm like, does that man even know a quarter? Do you know there are men who are in this world, they don't even care to know how their children are. They don't. Some of you, your parents, don't even, don't care. They don't want to know whether you ate or slept. By the way, men, we have to take responsibility of our homes. Men shout hallelujah. We have to take responsibility. We have to be fathers. Because you know how many women are looking after children, literally, and men are upset? Do you know how many fathers are upset? We're many. Many, many men. God help us. Somebody say, God help us. So, but all of those people who could not learn certain things, some of them were not taught those things for their 20, 30 years of existence. They came to Fanero. You're their pastor. Now you see every kind of character. You see the hard ones. You see the hot-headed ones. You see the hot-tempered one. You see the disrespectful one. You see the one who doesn't want to know. You see the one who knows. You see the one who, you understand it? You see the one who thinks he knows. You see the one who doesn't know they know. They also know they don't know. You see, you see every kind of person. Every kind of person. Every kind of person. There are many who have been changed through the world. Many. There are people I look at and I remember how they came in ministry. How many of you feel that you, you listened to the word and something on your life changed? You were a different person. Now you are my witness. You understand what I mean. Somebody one time came and he said, Musumba, somebody disturbed me on the basketball court. And one boy walked to me and said, Musumba, if this guy had phoned me in my days before Fanero, I knew what he meant. <laughs> you need to understand some of the people, the power of the gospel. But now I thank God for the gospel. Oh, some, some of us look at ourselves and say, I <laughs> thank God for the Whatever you're wild when the message is here, how would you have been? Are you following what I'm saying? But praise God, we all come from somewhere. Praise God. Praise God, somebody, praise God. That's why we're waste. And sometimes, as a father, spiritual, I look at some of you and I feel so sorry for you. Why? Because some of us, we went through several hands, but were raised by men who were not fathers. were raised by men. We will never tell. We will never stand on this pulpit to tell you the things we saw and went through. But we were raised by men who were not fathers. If it was not the grace of God, we could have died. Some of us, we could have died. It's only the grace of God that preserves us through. You understand? We, were, we saw love that wasn't love. We saw many things that were not so. And in there, they were crying little spiritual boys saying, God. Because I, I'm going to use the very words that my auntie told me. We have a certain uncle who died. 
And he told my auntie, he said, deny my children food, but never deny to teach them. Never refuse to teach them. In other words, he said, it was okay for his children to sleep hungry. That was fine. But that his children be educated. Because he understood, like I understand, like the Bible says, that the instruction and teaching of God is more important than necessary food. You can sleep hungry for a night and be normal and healthy tomorrow. But you can miss one divine instruction and it puts a disease in your body that will never leave you. That even with all the food in the world, that disease will not leave. Men have gone two, three days without food and lived. But a man can disobey one instruction and go on ginger road there and a car crashes them because they were instructed and they did not heed to an instruction. So he said, deny my children food, but never ever deny them an education. Thank God for that auntie, gave the children both food and education. But he meant to say education was more important than the clothes you could ever buy them. One time I was counseling a guy who was annoyed at his guardians. They don't buy him shoes. They don't buy him clothes. I asked him, do they educate you? And he said, yes. I asked him, are you a fool? Are they obligated? Are they your biological parents? No, they're not your biological parents. So even the fact that they educate you, even if they beat you, even if they deny you food, but they pay your fees. Kneel before them every morning and thank them. Because they are giving you something money cannot buy. They are renewing your mind every day to become a better individual. Do you know what a lack of education does? Do you know what it means not to have an education? And then you see someone sulking. I'm not going to talk to them. Even I don't step at theirs. When I go there, they don't give me food. Do they give you an education? Even if you're treated as a slave. That's what I'm trying to tell some of you. Some of us went to these men and told them, look, abuse me, beat me, scold me, roll me on the floor, make me clean everything, but teach me. These men never taught us. When we needed life, we were not given life through the word. Everything we received was falsehood. You look back and see the mistakes you made and you're like, oh my God, if I had a real father, I would not have made these mistakes. You could not even go to a man and tell him, I'm struggling with this. Because the moment you step there and tell him I'm struggling with this, you're going to become the talk of the town. Everybody's going to know. He's going to cut you, slit you, celebrate your, your weakness. By the time he's done, you're not anyone. But some of you have come to my office and told me, Apostle, I'm struggling with this. We hold our hands, pray together, and nobody will ever hear it, even my wife. You get my point? Some, we used to stand on the forefront and fight for them. They put somebody in the newspaper, you fight, you say, no, let's go, and they beat us, both of us. There are some of you have come to prisons to get you out of prison cells. 
Some people, they'll tell you this person is arrested. What did they do? They did this. You go to prison. You sign bond for them because they're your own. We have men of God that the moment they hear you, oh, guy. They could only receive from you because you had something to give them. When what you gave them is not there, you become an enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now you're dealing with a generation that cannot even respond to love anymore because they are not loved. They can't tell anymore the truth between the lie. It's not their fault. The person who introduced them to love before, he didn't show them true love. So even when you speak in the purity of conviction, even when you're counseling by the voice of counsel, you remind them of the other fellow. You understand? So we saw things. We covered things. We looked at things and you know this is not right. But as a son, you say, "Mm -mm, I'm older. I'm not going to look like this. And you know, your silence starts to become guilt. Oh, you're guilty because you're not saying anything. No, you're not saying anything. Not because you're guilty, no. But because you've also become a father. And you have children who learn from you. You understand what I'm saying? Who learn from you? There's a fellow, you've heard of him recently, he's under a very huge attack. We've been praying for him, me and my wife. But this guy, when he starts to abuse people, ay, 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 ay. you can see it was breastfed. You know, there are things, eh? Eh? like the Bible says, I received wisdom from my mother's eh? breast. Eh? I, I learned to trust from my mother's breast. There are things, I, mama, This fellow can abuse. But people don't really go through this man to say, do you think he just woke up and he was started abusing? No. He breastfed it from a certain man's mouth. Charity begins from home. It's so hard for you to go out and attack people when I don't attack them on the pulpit. I've never mentioned the man's name here. Never. That's why there's unity between these men. So you cannot find... Eh? Pastor Zach speaking evil about Pastor Modesta to so-and-so. It's not possible because it's not on this altar. We don't defile it. You understand? But there's probably somebody with that seed in choir. Where did they get it from? We don't know, but we have to pastor. There's somebody with that seed in the ashes. You don't know where they got it from, but it's there. She can abuse someone. And when she does, they say, ha, Fanero people are very proud. Why? Because she's part of us. She's putting on our what? T-shirt. Make manifest. This is Gwen, no? But she's putting on, make manifest. I'll punch you in a stretch forth. (laughs) In a stretch forth T-shirt. Are you following what I'm saying? What do we do? We have to own up because that's what? Fathering is. That's the price of fathering, right? We have made mistakes too and say, hey, Mukama, I think I should not have done that. But we're working in progress. We thank God and say, hey, I, now I've learned this. I've learned. We didn't have men who would show us the way of life. No. For them, their God was their belly. We went through many hands. Again, I'll not tell you who or how because I went through several hands. But there are people I can arguably tell you, they never taught me anything. There are people I can literally tell you that if I had learned from them, I would be wicked. I would be something. My ministry would be like them. Exactly. 
Because there is something that has sat in this nation. I don't know whether a keen person understands it. Eh? What, what, there is something in Baroko. I don't know its name. No. Whoever knew a man can stand and speak of his family and children. And people are screaming and clapping. Whoever knew that that would exist in 2019? Whoever knew? That a man can speak on a pulpit and speak perversion and people are screaming. Whoever knew that that would ever exist? On an altar that is supposed to heal and restore. Whoever knew? Those people screaming, what is in their head? Pananga people have problems here. If some of us had screwdrivers to open some brains, let me say it even in Luganda, I'm telling you, the things that are not proper, a man says certain words eh, that a born again Christian would say, oh my God. And you say another one, and you're like, what is in this person's head? People, some people are not born again. Some people are not born again. That's why some of us, when they call us to television and radio to give opinions, we don't step there. Because you don't know which brain you're telling. You understand what I'm saying? But there is a madness in people. Some preachers, the guy said, he spoke words, eh? Has like, so he's proud. I thought that was a weakness he has to be asking God for forgiveness for. You understand what I'm saying? But people was, were screaming about, we have done this, have you done that? Eh? Then people are screaming. And I'm like, but, but this is something, somebody is supposed to be telling God, Nehemukama, help me. I'm not proud of this. Are you following what I'm saying? And people are screaming. People are screaming. People are screaming. So I said, there's something wrong. In, but now let us pray for the church. I don't know that you guys are praying. You look at the wars within our fathers. Look at those wars. Eh? Where did they breastfeed it from? Which home were they raised? Have you seen those wars? Eh? Now the other one is attacking the other one. Now there's someone actually happy that something is happening to a certain man of God. They are clapping, literally. Ah. Eh? Thank God. Finally, you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Panyangi, there's something in the body of Christ. I don't know what name I can give it, but some of you understand exactly what I'm saying. But it is our foundations. Someone is not just going to wake up and learn something out of the blue when they were not taught those things when they were little. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you come to the church of Jesus Christ and some of us see, some of us can look at people and know that this person's future. Because when the Bible says in Psalms 119 that the word is a lamp unto my feet and your light unto my path. Light and lamp, eh? light and lamp, light and lamp, right? When the Bible uses those two words, light and lamp, the figurative mind of the lamp is to direct your next step. The figurative understanding of the light is to give you a future, to direct your path, to show your next 10, 20 years. 
Right? When the Bible says in the book of Revelation, when it says that because you, you remember, repent from whence you have fallen and do the first works, or else I'll come unto thee and take away the candlestick. You, you know the, the candlestick. How many of you know that the candlestick that stands in the presence of God was seven-headed? There were seven heads. And each of those heads had a light. That's why in school of ministry, I told you about the seven guiding lights of the spirit. You remember them, don't you? Right? That, that word there for candlestick is the same word for lamp. It, the lamps define your next step. What is my next job? What is my next career? What is my next commitment? What is my next place of service? What is my next step here? Why, what, who, is my, um, who am I to marry? How? What, what is the direction of that? Those are your basic steps. The lamp does that. The light shows you your next 10, 20, 30 years. The children you'll have. The end of your ministry. So if you have a light but without the lamp, it means you can see where you're going but you don't know the next step. If you have a lamp but without the light, it means you see the basic next steps but you don't know where you're going. Every believer needs both the light and the lamp. Are you following what I'm saying? And one of the seven guiding lights of the spirit is godly counsel from your spiritual authority. And I've seen, I don't know whether some of you have noticed that the most confused batch are people who usually make the statements and then the Lord told me. I don't know why you, those people look so confused than men who don't claim that word. I told people, there is a power and an anointing that settles on where instruction is done. David killed Uriah, took his wife, was a very abominable sin. He even lost his child over that. But the presence of God never departed off him, neither the instruction of the Almighty. Abraham lied about his wife. Isaac did all these funny things. There are many men in scripture, people like Elijah, they fled away from the call. But God would literally put them back on the road and set them going. Jonah turned away. God gets a big fish, vomits the guy on the next island, and he still moves. Paul, those people killed men. But a bright light would get a man blind, get him born again, and he's back on the road preaching the gospel. And then God gives Moses a simple instruction and tells him, give them water this way. And then he doesn't do it that way. And God tells him, your ministry is gone. When you compare Moses with that simple instruction, and then you compare David, who killed a man and took over his wife, and God even goes into that wife's life and prophesies that she shall produce the king. Yeah, yeah. God, are you promoting? Are you wanting to tell me that David did a less thing than Moses? Let me tell you. You can have your personal weaknesses as an individual, as we are all a work in progress. And I hope you know that you're working to walk out of them. If you're messing around, stop it or pray to God and ask him to get you out of it. But at, at least I hope you're a work in progress. You're not just sitting there complacent and enjoying your madness. You understand? But there is one thing, when God gives you an instruction to do, that thing can get you killed. It can destroy. Listen, I told people, the Ark of the Covenant was nothing except earthly elements. The gold he told them to get was no more gold. The trees, the wood he told them to cut, it was no more wood. 
Everything he did was normal. But when the instruction of God was followed fully by the man of God, God put his richest presence on earth on that box because the man responded to an instruction. The instruction, responding to the instruction of the Lord, will give, will distribute a certain anointing upon whatever you build that you'll not be able to contain it. The reason why you find many people who hear God, but they don't have the equal measure of the anointing, is because many of them claim to hear God. They don't really hear God. Let me tell you, there is an anointing that comes when you hear and respond to the instruction of the Spirit. Sometimes we do things and people might not know that the Spirit has led us because we do them so spontaneously. That's the apostolic. But I tell you everything, if I do that without the Lord, there is no presence. The presence of God goes with men who respond to instruction. The word comes with its anointing. You remember when I was talking about the levels of the anointing? And I said that there is an anointing that comes with the word. The Bible says, as Peter spoke, the power of God comes on the house of Cornelius. Because the word he was speaking came with the anointing. When God instructs you and tells you do this, do it. Moses' ministry was put at a close because a man whisked off the basic instruction, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. What did he do? He smites it. Did God deny him water? No, because he needed to glorify himself before men. But Moses did not glorify God before men. See, God can do something to fulfill um, his word to men because he needs to glorify himself because he has to fulfill his word. But that doesn't mean that you as a minister, you've glorified him. He told Moses, because you believed not, because you did not sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore not open this door. He closed the door of a man because he did not sanctify God in the eyes of men by responding to the simple instruction God gave him. The voice of God is the very reason why all of us live. When you detach from, listen, have every weakness, but stay hearing God and respond to his instruction. Because you can mess up, are you hearing me? And then God gives you a way out. But imagine when you die from that voice. Do you know how many people are dead from the voice of counsel? Do you know how many people I cannot counsel? I see where they're going, but I can't call them and say, sister, this is wrong. There are people I look at and I'm sure no man will ever marry them. I'm sure. I don't even need to pray about it. They can go to a prophet, an evangelist, go underground and over, go to the prayer mountain, but God will never let it happen. Men and women, by the way. But they're believing God for marriage. There are people I'm sure they will never be hired. But they have been looking for jobs for years and they think that, oh, maybe I think I need something. You Do seek. Do everything you want. There are people I am sure, very sure, I'm like this one, they will never flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even if they try. There are people I'm sure will never, they will never see a certain amount of money on their account, even if they are givers. Because it's more than given. There's something about the human heart. And those are things only a spiritual authority can tell you. But we even fear them. We fear them. 
If you fear them, they can punch you. There's a young man. One time I called him. I wanted to warn him about a relationship he was entering. The fellow, I called him. I said, there's something I'm seeing in your relationship, but mm, the guy said, who are you? The guy assured me, Mama, I started repenting. Please forgive me. Please. Two years down the road, he survived death narrowly because of that same relationship. He came on his knees. He said, Apostle, I was literally going to die. Nemugamba, you could have even died and people never knew that there was an instruction of God that came to you. And you chose the other way. Sometimes it's those small things. In first service, I gave an exam. I said, there's somebody here in this ministry. They had believed God for a promotion at their job for a long time. They qualified for everything and he failed to come. And then they say, you know what? I'm going to write a resignation. They wrote a resignation. And then they write me a note and they say, you know what, Apostle? I wrote in a resignation. And the voice of counsel in me told me, tell that girl to go back and beg that job back. It looked so funny because how do you go back to the same employers who have pleaded with you to go back and you've said no? And she said, you know what? Because you're my spiritual father, only because you're my spiritual father, I'm going to go back. She goes back to the person. She tells them, you know what? I'm ready. I'm sorry. Let me revoke my letter. Oh, they're excited. One and a half or one month later, they gave her the promotion she has been believing God for because she stayed. If she had disconnected from that particular job, this was what was going to happen to her life. She was going to attract a certain spirit of poverty. Right? This promotion was not going to come, which by God's purpose, I see by the spirit, was going to add on to her a certain pedigree that would help her in her next career. But she had left almost earlier. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But somebody's career was saved because the voice of counsel. There are people in the same place who could tell me I am quitting and I say nothing. Because that's why I told people. We can abuse you, scold you, discipline you, reprove you, treat you funny, but never lose the voice of counsel when God has sent you to a man to submit to. Your heart should always be ready to listen to the word of counsel. When you kill that voice and exalt yourself above, you become God. And once you get to that level and nobody can speak to you, believe me, results will start showing around you. No prophecy, no deliverance. You just see there is something around you. There are people who even say, Mananga, there is something in our family. This doesn't happen. What is keeping it there? Do you know that one word can deliver your family for good? One word like this. One word. You don't need many. One. There are homes we've entered and decreed words and everything changed. Everything changed. Because they received it as a word of God. And then there are families, you go, you, you speak, but you feel that their heart has not understood, neither responded to instruction. Let me tell you, the voice of God makes you live. A man can speak one word in service and it changes your whole family and life. That's why some people sit in ministry for years and nothing is changing on their lives. And then somebody comes in that same ministry, you speak one word over them and everything changes. Why? Because the voice of counsel, they are still open to. And some, they closed it because nobody speaks to them a certain way. 
And now if you're like us who don't impose, me, I, you can't put up your hand and say, apostle called me one time and told me, I want you to go. No, I don't. Me, I fear people. I'm a very humble man, by the way, if you've noticed. I don't, I don't eh, impose on people. And so is my wife. We are like that. We don't, you fight, we won't fight. You abuse, we won't talk back. We are like that. That's how we are. Because that's where the strength is. Hello. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Yeah. But do you know how many people esteem us lightly? Because, I mean, if you found Apostle Grace on the road, you cannot know him. Because he doesn't come with statements. Like 17 guys following him and everyone one is waiting. No. You can actually bypass me on the road. Me, I said my strength is on the mic. Just give me this altar. I'll be good. You understand? The rest of the thing is, is, is useless. But that's where our strength lies. <laughs> that's where our strength lies. Many people don't know that that is actually strength because it's natural carnality to exalt yourself beyond measure. And so you see certain people who don't heed to basic instruction, simple instruction. Oh, God, apostle, I want to serve. I want to serve in the ministry. What do you want to do? I want to serve. Okay. Can you win two souls? <laughs> no, me, I want to serve a certain way. You understand? Eh? That was an instruction. Just win one soul. One soul like this. Do you think that I need you in an administrative office than winning a soul? You're mistaken. Jesus came for souls, not administration. He didn't come for accounts. No. He didn't come for people who keep money. No. He came for people who win souls. But there are people you cannot help. There are many people who could have made mistakes in this ministry. But there are even people who you were almost on the verge of making a decision that would have destroyed you. Then that day they preached a sermon eh? and you changed your mind. Do I have a witness? That's how you're kept. There are things you could have done, right? There's a lady who told me, Apostle, me, I was sleeping around, but one time I just woke up and I remembered a certain word and you said, I am born of God. I just remembered that word and I packed my bags out of the man's house. He hasn't spoken anything. I said, that's the power of instruction. Those are things money cannot buy, but they keep you. Never and be some of you don't listen. The Bible says in Proverbs 123, I believe. It says, if you will turn and repent and give heed to reproof. The Bible says, behold, I wisdom. That's what wisdom does. Will pour out my spirit upon you and I will make my words known unto you. Wisdom rests on men who heed. If you want to know a man who flows in the spirit of revelation, look for a man who hears God. Wisdom will pour his spirit upon that man and he will make his words known. You're not going to begin obeying God who you don't see. You cannot obey the physical authorities God has given you. Some people say, how does these revelations come to you? I wish you see. My parents are here. Ask my father and mother. Ask them if they instruct me on anything that I don't do. They are my parents. They are my witnesses. If my father says, I want you to do this, I don't question. You ask my father, is there? If my mother tells me, do this, I don't ask. 
And those are the men we served. They never instructed us and we did contrary. If a man says I did it, he's lying. Some of us did not begin by preaching. No, we washed toilets. We cleaned these rooms, yet we're yet still bankers. We slashed men's compounds. I washed cars with his hands. I was a market boy. They used to send me to the market to buy groceries. Apostle Grace Banker. I remove my tie and people don't know that I'm the one. Then I go and start buying groceries. Drive my children here. Take my, I do. You understand what I'm saying? Those are things we will never ask you to do. I'll never ask you to go and shop for me. For me to hear God, if you told me, clean that compound, you'll hear God. I would clean it any day because we were desperate to hear the voice of God. I would do anything to hear the voice of God. Anything to do to hear the voice of God. Because for me, what has defined my ministry, I might not tell everyone, but God told me, God told me. But if you look at Fanero, you can see that that man hears God. You just need to look at how the ministry is growing, how everything, the crusades and everything, the live streams, you just need to see and say, you just need to hear the things I speak and you know I hear God. Never kill that voice of your life. When you learn to sit under a shepherd and listen to those words, some of the things you're struggling with, they're just a statement away. But many of you, even if we say you're free, your spirit does not hear us anymore. I can speak a word and your life stays the same. Why? Because you killed the voice of counsel long ago. Bible says obey them that have the spiritual authority over you. Continually recognize their authority over you as they that are constantly keeping you and watching for your souls. How do we watch over you? By the summons. Why is it by accident that many of the things I preach are so many times in tune with the things God is speaking to you about? That's why I'm your shepherd. It's not my mistake that the things God speaks to you are the things I answer or the questions you come with. They're in line. Sometimes even you read a scripture and when you read it, it's the one I open. You understand what I'm saying? He says, he tells them, do your part. What's your part? To heed. He says, for if your spiritual authority is not glad with you, is sighing or you're groaning, the Bible says it will not be profitable for you. Now, there are people who don't profit. Nyinga, I know they are a problem. It is small. There are people I look at and I say, this woman, this man's problem is very small. If they can only heed, their life can change. But they can't. They can't. Now, you deceive yourself and think you're going to bypass that and go prayer mountain, do this, leave ministry, go to another church, you go. There's a lady, I was in Malaysia, I heard a vision of a lady one time who left ministry about four years ago. The Lord showed me that she'll come back at the age of 53. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. At least she'll come back. You get it? Eh? There's a lady one time who abused me. It was in ministry. But I realized later she had her own challenges also. And the Lord told me, I'm going to bring her back in two years with cancer. True to form, after two years, this woman came back in the ministry and said, by the first, I'm sorry, I abused you. I didn't abuse you because I had anything against you, but me, I was dealing with something else, of something that I went through many years ago, and somehow I vented and abused you. 
because you are canceling me. I told her I forgive you. She says, but also I have stage four cancer. We prayed. What could we do? They come. Some come back after years. But then some of the instructions, they could have saved this individual. And why did she abuse me? Because I told her, you know, you're entering a wrong relationship. You have Rugezi Gezi. Who are you to tell me who to? I told her, but you ask my opinion. No, but even if I ask for your opinion, you can't just tell me it's a wrong one. You understand? They assured me of my luge, kind of luge. You understand? But she sought my opinion. I will never meet every one of you sometimes I will, because the ministry is growing. And that doesn't mean that we don't love you or that you need to if they don't care for you. No, you're also your kind of person. But it's enough when we teach you. These words are life. If the Bible tells you, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, what are you doing with an unbeliever? If it's a struggle, you're saying, Muse, I want to let go, but I can't. Aha, you come. We shall join hands together, pray. The Lord will what? Help you. But at least your heart wants to do right. The spirit is willing, the body. But there are people that even the spirit is rebellious. You understand what I'm saying? These words will keep you. They will lead you. They will talk to you. These things, that's why now the local are going into counseling, counseling, because many of them, they've killed the voice of counsel and they want counsel to come them a certain way. It will not. It will not. You're lucky that some of us are not the manipulative kind. I would never take advantage of your position to say, you, God, do this for me. No, we don't do that. You understand? But when you choose and say, I'm going to sit in church, sit and learn, listen, heed to the instruction and hold God accountable and say, you know what, God, I have done everything you have demanded of me. You will see the blessing of God on your life because you're simply responding. I'm not saying you will be blessed. He's saying you will see the manifestation. You already bless people. Praise God. But it disturbs when we don't see results coming out of you, even for the time you have heard the word Maybe you're hearing, but you're not listening. Now, I want you to just open your voice and talk to God. Just open your spirit and talk to God. The Bible says reproof and discipline are a way of life. You can't be born again and you're not disciplined. You cannot be a man of God and you're not under authority. You can't. It's not possible. It's not possible. Some of you, you didn't have to go beyond what I've said. Some of you, there are things God has told you personally. But you failed to respond. He instructed you to do something long ago. But you've refused to heed to the instruction of the Spirit. Moses. Moses. Moses, if he told you speak to this, do it. If he told you go to the streets, go. If he told you do this for that person, do it. If he told you pray, pray. Listen to the voice of God and heal and be restored. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Talk to God.
to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. spirit God we repent where we've had in our hearts toward your word and to do good even when we knew what to do help us help us God help us God in Jesus name say amen if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and you want to receive him tonight as your Lord and Savior you're going to repeat these words after me Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you with my heart. I believe that you died and rose again. And with my mouth, I confess that you are Lord and Savior in my life. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.